I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello, hello, and welcome to Penguins Lunch, presented as always by InsideThePenguins.com. My name is Nick Berlansky, and I'm your host. I will be joined by Doug Glatke here in just a few moments. But until then, let's talk a little bit about what we have seen from these Pittsburgh Penguins. We're going to break a lot of stuff down with Dougie, but the big issue is they have struggled to play defense. We're going to talk to Doug about that. We're going to talk to Doug about the Penguins' top six because it has struggled over the past couple of games. I wouldn't say even the entire top six, mostly, surprisingly, the Sidney Crosby line. So without further ado, let's bring him in. Here is Doug Gladke of 4Checking TV. What's going on, Doug? Nothing much, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for jumping on. And as you know, because you are now a established veteran of the show, the first question I ask is usually, what is your favorite lunch spot in Pittsburgh? But I already got the answer to that. You said given to fly, which, yeah, fantastic selection. But now with Chicken Guy from Guy Fieri stomping in on the territory, do you think you're going to give it a chance once it opens? Or are you brand loyal to a fault? So I've already tried Chicken Guy. Um, I, I've eaten a chicken guy. They had, they have one, I think in Hollywood studios down in, or no, in downtown Disney down in Orlando and ate there before. It's really good, but not nearly as good as given to fly. Still given to fly. Oh yeah. 100%. All righty. Well, we will uh, put that stamp of approval out there for everyone to hear given to fly better than chicken guy. So even though it's guy Fieri. You got to go with the original, with the Pittsburgh-based, with Given to Fly. So that we'll, we'll, we'll put a pin in that for later. But let's talk about these Pittsburgh Penguins because uh, the last time I talked to you, that was before the beginning of the season. And now we have a lot of interesting things to go back and to talk about. And the one thing that I do want to mention first and foremost is obviously they lost to the Toronto Maple Leafs last night, 5-2 to two in regulation on home ice. But all four non-empty net goals were scored against Sidney Crosby, Jake Gensel, and Brian Rust. Does the performance of that line defensively worry you at all heading into another three-game road trip coming up here starting tomorrow? It worries me greatly because, you know, you kind of are, you're really relying on Sid's line to be decent defensively because your bottom two lines aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so now 
you know, you go into a game and it's where three of your four lines are getting cratered defensively. And that's the exact outcome you're going to get. Unfortunately, it's, um, it's, it's not a good situation right now. I mean, there's not a lot of, you know, ways to solve it. I feel like, I feel like the easiest problem to solve is probably the top line. It's just literally swapping Raquel and rust. Mm Mm-hmm on lines one and two but other than that like in terms of like the bottom six and everything which i'm sure we'll get into at some point everything like they're not in a good situation right now yeah that top six listen when we get to the malkin line there's not much to say other than that line is working perfectly but we saw in practice today that in the limited time we saw almost line rushes it looked like raquel was working with that top unit and the weird thing is Raquel has worked very, very well with that top line in the, in the small sample size that we've seen with him. Not that he's playing poorly on the second line, but he kind of is the, the, the third wheel on that line. So it's not as if you're going to take him off and that's going to change the entire chemistry of the line. Cause also we've seen Brian Rust have chemistry with Evgeny Malkin before we've seen Raquel have chemistry with Cindy Crosby. So if it's something as simple as that, it's worth trying for Mike Sullivan, because despite the Penguins, winning two of their last four games and getting points in three of their last four, playing overall better hockey, it's still not where you need it to be. And, and like you mentioned, if the top line is not performing, then the Pittsburgh Penguins are not going to go anywhere because Sidney Crosby, even though him and Gensel can create one or two or three really good opportunities just by happenstance in a game, if they're playing the majority of the game in the defensive zone and then when they're in the defensive zone giving up goals, you're not going to go very far. Exactly. You know, and it's, it's just a difficult situation because you need somebody on that line to be defensively competent. Mm -hmm. And most of the time it is rust, but I feel like rust has fallen, fallen into a little bit of a lull lately. It hasn't really been as noticeable. That's why I kind of want them to make this switch because both Ricard Raquel and Brian rust are incredible play distributors Mm -hmm. and each of what they do, each of their skill sets, I think complement both Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin very well, but Raquel's board play, in my opinion, is what makes the Crosby-Gensel connection truly click. Mm-hmm. And I really, I've always, I've always been a fan of Brian Russ playing with Malkin. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that I feel like worked very well in the past. And with how Jason Zucker's playing right now, you can kind of just like let rust just be there and just be there to do play distribution and, you know, win puck battles along boards and things of that nature, because Jason Zucker has been playing out of his mind right now. Mm-hmm. And, and as with Malkin. So, yeah. Yeah. Jason Zucker, of course, just been one of, if not the best players on the Pittsburgh Penguins entire roster over the past seven or eight games. What do you make of that recent performance by Zucker? Because even though he didn't score in that game against Toronto, he had a really good opportunity that he created by doing a nice little deke in the neutral zone, getting out onto a breakaway and just getting stoned by uh, Matt Murray. But I thought Zucker throughout the entire game played pretty well, but starting to create chances on his own, not just relying on Evgeny Malkin to drive play on that line as well. Yeah, I think that he's been doing very well lately i feel like there's been a bit more of a complete game from jason zucker Mm -hmm. so much to the point where you know it seems like we're getting the player that we acquired um Mm -hmm. from the wild 
in the final year of his contract. It sucks that it took all that time to get to this point, but you got to take it when you can get it because I feel like you and I both know that there are not a lot of positives on this roster right now. And Jason Zucker being healthy and playing at this level is definitely one of those few positives they do have. Yeah, if you watch his performances, obviously the, the three assist game against you know Montreal gets wasted because the team gives up three different leads in the third period. But the way that he's playing, he's confident, he's shooting the puck, and he's finding his spots too. It's not like when he was shooting the puck last year and he would hit a post here or he would miss by an inch here. He's getting it on net and he's hitting his spots, which is something that, as you mentioned, he hasn't really done since that 12-game stint or 15-game stint at the end of the first season when he was acquired, where he had 12 points in 15 games. He's already tied the total number of assists that he notched in his first two full seasons in Pittsburgh in the first 16 games this season. So obviously, much, much better performance from Jason Zucker. And really, we could talk about Evgeny Malkin, but all there is to say is, he's Evgeny Malkin and he is exactly the guy that we expected him to be. At least most of us expected him to be. Some people expected him to suck this year for some reason, Uh, but he isn't that player. He is the guy that is right now leading the Pittsburgh Penguins. He is the best center that they have on the lineup at this moment because of Crosby struggles. And you really don't have much else to, to say about him because when you look past Malkin, then you get into the bottom six and uh, Dougie, I know that the bottom six is a, a topic that you like to uh, talk about or you like to uh, text about, I should say, between me and you, because uh, it has not been great this season. The third line has been good at points, bad for the most part, but specifically they do get a boost with Teddy Bluger returning to the lineup yesterday. Didn't see much from him. You know, 12 minutes of ice time, no shot on goal. I believe he had one hit was the only thing he registered in the entire game. What did you make of his performance in his game, first game back against the Toronto Maple Leafs? I mean, I think it's just going to take a little bit of time to get him fully acclimated again because of how much time he did miss. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, that was the biggest thing. Um, You know, and a lot of that was, you know, we will never know, but I'm led to believe that for a good few weeks there, he was healthy and ready to go. It's just they needed to accrue cap space to activate him. you know, because that's how tight the cap crunch is, you know, and I mean, I think he'll be fine. He's going to be a great improvement to the fourth line. He's going to be a very, very welcome improvement to the PK because of how horrible the PK has been at times uh, this season, you know, but I think the biggest thing that blew me away was that Kapanen didn't play still. Mm. Like, I feel like when Ryan Paling's getting a sweater over you, when you are a player of that caliber, it's time to just start packing your bags, man. Like that is, uh, I feel like that's a very damning statement by Mike Sullivan. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what to think of Kasperi Kapanen's situation at this point, because not only did he get the healthy scratch yesterday against Toronto, that's his third healthy scratch in a little over a week. The only game he did play in was simply because Philip Hollander was sick and they had no other options. They couldn't do anything else with it. So they put Kapanen in. He was the lowest player, uh, lowest amount of ice time on the entire team that game, barely utilized. And what I thought was also damning in that game was not only did you have him out there not using him very much at five on five, they didn't use him on the penalty kill. Like that was that was the big point of contention this year. Hey, we're going to use him on the penalty kill. We're going to get him 
some reps there, try to see if that's a better niche for him. They, they give him in the game and they say, you know what? We're still not going to put you out there. Like we're not putting you out there on the penalty kill. We're putting you out there literally to eat up minutes while other people get a gas, like get a blow because there was no other reason that Mike Sullivan wanted him out there on that ice. So I don't know what we're going to see from Kasperi Kapanen. Do you think that we've seen the last of him or do you think that he gets another shot at this? I mean, I think he'll he'll still get a game or two here and there, but like I really think that over the next probably 10 to 15 days here, we're probably reaching random trade announcement territory with him. It's just it's all about just finding somewhere to send them, you know, because the cap hits rather large for yeah. what the type of player that he is at this point in the game, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. He's a player that at least last year, you could say, despite underperforming offensively, and that is putting it lightly, uh, he had some pretty good defensive metrics. He played well in his own zone. He played responsible with the puck in his own zone, but the second he got the puck on the other side of the red line, it was uh, a complete flip of the switch and it, it, it shit show for lack of a better term. Um, this year, of course, gets that two-year, $3.2 million contract. The fact that we're not even a quarter of the way through the season and he's already riding the pine with multiple healthy scratches back to back to back, it's not a good sign for Ron Hextall. Uh, I believe when you, you see something like that happen, Hextall is probably looking at this like, man, what did I do? And I, I said it on Monday's show of Tip of the Iceberg. And I said, you know, I hate to do it. I really do. I hate when people do it, but... That $3.2 million, you don't have to look very far to see what you could have had instead. And while Evan Rodriguez is not leading the league in scoring by any means, in a very reduced role in Colorado, he already has five goals on the season, whereas Kapanen has one and has less than five goals in his last 52-plus games played for the Pittsburgh Penguins. So even though, Dougie, I, I hate to do that, it's plain and simple as to what the mistake was this summer by Hextall with Kapanen. I mean, we will, we will probably not get into it on this, but mm -hmm. you know, I have a large like bullet point list of things. You do like you do. It's it's like that's one of the few minor things mm -hmm. that Ma that Ron Hextall has done that has not worked out and has backfired when there were clearly better options available. Mm -hmm. You know. And we have to keep in mind, Ron Hextall has been the Penguin GM for just a little over 19 months now. And the amount of just quality players that have been turned over in that time is astounding. Yeah. Especially with the fact that our GM was Jim Rutherford before, you know, and everybody was like every like at the end, like everybody was like almost cheering that Jim Rutherford stepped down. And now look where we're at. Yeah. Uh, and, and the whole Kapanen situation just makes me think of one thing to draw like a, a parallel. That's not even really a parallel. The Penguins really struggled at the start of what was the 2017, 18 season trying to go for the three Pete. And who's the player that got sent out because he was in the bottom six. He was killing penalties, but he wasn't doing much else. It's Carl Hagelin. He got sent out. They tried to shake up the locker room. I don't think that message gets sent with Kasperi Kapanen. Because even though it really didn't work out with the Carl Hagelin trade, I mean, you got Tanner Pearson for a couple months and he didn't really do very much for your lineup. 
there was a reason that that trade was made. And you can understand in theory, okay, you needed to shake that locker room up. They started to get a little comfortable. I get it. If Kapanen is the player that's traded, I know, you know, a lot of the guys on the team like him. I don't think it has the same effect at this point because I think the writing's already on the wall with him getting these healthy scratches. I don't see when he gets back into the lineup. Like there has to either be an injury or Ryan Paling has to continue falling on the ice time after time for Kasperi Kapanen to get on the ice because it does not seem like Mike Sullivan is really interested in giving him another shot anytime in the near future. Yeah, and that's the main takeaway is Mike Sullivan has literally exhausted all of his resources mm. on Kasperi Kapanen. You know, because when Kapanen was acquired, you I feel like a lot of people immediately got the vibe that he would be a t- the type of player that Mike Sullivan would just bury. Mm. But he didn't bury him for an extended period of time. And he continued to keep giving him chances. Mm-hmm. to succeed. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Yeah, and and there's obviously that quote you have to go back to from training camp. Mike Sullivan saying, I need to do a better job of coaching Cappy this year. I didn't do enough last year to coach him up. And part of that might have been the penalty kill. Part of that might have been, I don't know, because after the first game, everybody was like, all right, Kasperi Kapanen looked good. Like that third line, Kapanen, Heinen, Carter looked good. It looked good against Tampa. And then all of a sudden, not much has happened. I mean, Carter went down, which didn't help Kapanen in the least. That's the guy that obviously helped Cappy get a little bit of momentum last season uh, mm-hmm. towards the latter part of the, the year. But it's just not been good uh, for 4-2. And we'll we'll have to keep an eye on that because I have, I have no idea when we're going to see him again. I don't think it's the end of the road. I do think you see Kapanen back in the lineup at some point. I just have no confidence in predicting when that might be. Exactly. You know? And it's it's very it's very damning again when all these Wilkesbury call-ups that they've had over the past couple of weeks, you would trust them in the lineup more than Kasperi Captain right now. Yeah. I mean, Hollander would have been in there on Saturday and it would have been four straight yeah. healthy scratches if he wasn't sick. So exactly. that's uh that's rough. And not to mention the fact we haven't seen Alex Nylander, who you have to imagine might get a shot this year. We haven't seen Valtteri Pustin, who, again, you might have to imagine will get a shot this year. There are players that can step in, especially at the level Kapanen's playing. doesn't take much to step in and give the Penguins that at a minimum. So right. uh, we'll, we'll have to keep an eye on Kapanen. Uh, something else I want to talk about uh, before I ask that one last question. We're not going to do quick dishes because, again, you did it a couple weeks ago. 
Um, so one thing I do want to talk to you about, though, is the goaltending. Casey DeSmith has now played three of the Penguins' past four games due to Tristan Jari dealing with some, quote, physical issues. Uh, to start this off, I want to ask you, first and foremost, what have you thought of DeSmith's play over the last three starts for him? Because it is much improved based on what we've seen in the past three versus what we saw in the first four games for him. I mean, I, th- I think he's been okay. You know, it's just, again, Casey DeSmith is not the guy that I would want carrying an extended workload, mm. you know? And mm. I feel like with DeSmith, some of the goals that he does give up at times are just horrible, you know, i.e. look back to the Buffalo game, you know? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I think that DeSmith has been doing a bit better. It's just a matter of figuring out what's going, what truly is going on with Tristan Jari and how long it might take for these physical issues to resolve themselves. Yeah. Uh, The unfortunate thing for us is we have no idea what it is. So we don't know what to look for. We don't know what he's dealing with. We don't know the timetable until that nagging injury. I mean, this could be something that he's dealing with the entirety of the season, which, you know, knock on wood, that's, that's not what happens. But we have no idea the nature of his physical issues. As far as DeSmith is concerned, I thought he's played much better the past three games. But I also don't think he played too horribly poor in the first four that he played. Now, he wasn't great, by all means. He wasn't great, but he was much better than he was at the start of last season. He had, the, he had an identical record through four games, which was zero wins, three losses, and one overtime loss. It was identical. But his numbers were much better. He was still over 900 save percentage, which is literally the basement for being decent in the national hockey league anymore. But in his last three, I thought he's been better. His positioning has been a little bit more sound. He's made the save at the right moment. In a lot of these situations, I know that when the penguins were down two to nothing on Tuesday, they give up that goal early in the second period. A lot of that was on the defense. I mean, a two on one seven seconds into the period is not ideal, but then right after that, you saw Toronto go down the ice, get another opportunity right in front, no defense to be seen. And DeSmith makes a big save, turns everything around. The Penguins score two straight, and they get back into the game right then and there. That's the type of save that the Penguins had been missing. So he's still doing stuff like that. But then again, you look at that fourth goal. He overcommits. He's out of position. I thought he's been better. But like you said, he's not a guy that I want to commit so many starts to, especially three out of every four. You need to have Tristan Jari back healthy just as much as you need to have Sidney Crosby's line not getting caved in every single game. Exactly. Yeah, that's the nail on the head there, Nick, honestly. So with Jari, to to finish this one off before I ask you one last question, Doug, and thank you again for for stepping in. You know, a little behind the curtain here, I texted Doug like 90 minutes ago and was like, hey, I need a guest. Like, (laughs) my guest dropped out, unfortunately, got sick. uh, And Doug's like, yeah, sure. Like, I got you. So thank you for uh, jumping on with me a little bit here, talking Penguins hockey. Uh, the one other thing I do want to ask you before I get to a, a question about Evgeny Malkin is, with Jari's injury, does it actually give you hope hearing that he's been dealing with something because that means he's going to be better once he heals from this? Like, we don't know when he will. But it gives you hope that this past performance was due to the injury and not due to any other issues for Tristan Jari. Yeah, I I agree. Because from the point of the Edmonton game onward, He's been horrible. Yeah. Um, you know, like he's been really, really bad. Um, don't get me wrong. The Edmonton game, even though it ended up really 
bad. It was fun to watch because he basically just kind of went around, had that dog in him and started taking people out. But still, like, it's just, it's a difficult situation because you know Tristan Jari is capable of bailing them out of games that they have been losing. Um, yeah. You know, and it's like if you, if Jari was okay and was able to make one or two extra big saves, they probably don't lose seven in a row. They probably only lose three or four. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not as streaky. You know, and that's the that's the most concerning thing is I saw a tweet today from Josh Yoey at the point of the trade deadline when they acquired Ricard Raquel to right now, they are playing at a 74 point pace, which when you think of it from last year, that would be that would be seventh in the Metro sandwiched between New Jersey and Columbus or between New Jersey and Philadelphia. So like, that's, I mean, I'm not hitting the panic button yet, but like, it's in the back of my mind for sure. Mm-hmm. You certainly need to play a little bit better coming out of the, the Thanksgiving break, because once you get to Thanksgiving, that's when you start looking at the standings and saying, okay, here's the teams that are, are real or should be real. Here's the teams that are really not contenders or even playoff contenders this season. And right now the Penguins are firmly uh, below that Mendoza line. It's not good. It's like O'Neill Cruz's uh, batting average. You know, batting average is down, but hey, there's some exciting moments no matter what. That is the most perfect analogy I've ever heard for this. That's just fantastic. So, I mean, listen, the Penguins, they've had some good times. Nice goal by Crosby yesterday. That was an exciting little yeah. little stretch there where it was the goal by, I believe it was Ricard Raquel tipped in mm-hmm. a Jason Zucker shot. Crosby mm-hmm. scores that goal. You're feeling a little bit better. And then, you know, at the end of the result is you lost by three goals. Right. <laughs> like exactly. It, it, it ends up not being good enough, like fun, but not good enough. And that's, I mean, that's, I, I think the epitome of all of an O'Neill Cruz's entire season this year, but moving yeah. on from that, the last question I want to ask you, Dougie, before I let you go here today, Evgeny Malkin is a couple games away from hitting that, uh, that 1000 games, Mark. I want to know, what is your favorite moment of Evgeny Malkin's career? Oh, dude, the slap shot after he got took out by Mike Richards in the corner. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I mean. The, the FU slap shot? <laughs> yeah. I mean, granted, we were, like, really, really little back then. But, like, I remember, like, audibly screaming in my living room when that happened. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's an iconic moment. It, it is. Yeah. Like, Jesse Marshall said the same thing. He said, listen. How can you not say that? I mean, he gets dumped. He People say he was cherry picking when realistically he was just trying to see straight <laughs> after get getting yeah. dumped into the boards. And he could have done so many different things going in on Marty Baron. And he had basically from the red line in, and he just said, you know what? I'm going to get in between the dots. I'm going to wind back. And he's either going to get out of the way. He's going to miss it. Or it's going to hit him and probably injure Marty Baron. Because <laughs> that was, right. I, they didn't have, stat tracker back then but i had to imagine that slap shot was over 100 miles an hour from the dots yeah it would have probably won an nhl skills competition most likely that's zadeno chara-esque from what we saw from malkin there another good malkin moment was i was there for when he scored his 50th goal that year that him and james neal just like went off Mm -hmm. and that was a fun little moment because like 
I feel like we were at a point in the fan where the fan base was like looking for things to be hopeful for because everything was so uncertain about Sid's future at that point. And then like we had Malkin just become the best player in the world for about a year and a half, which yeah. was a blast. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, there's so many moments in Evgeny Malkin's career to this point. And I, I know when, when people look at the Pittsburgh Penguins of this era, the Crosby moments stand out because, you know, of course they do. You know, you, even if you go international, the golden goal, you have the winter classic, you have, you know, the plays that he, the ridiculous plays he made one on five, but Kenny Malkin has a lot of moments. And the yeah. two that I, I want to bring up two before we go here today. The first one is from the 2009 Stanley cup playoffs, Eastern conference finals against the Carolina hurricanes. I don't remember if it was his third goal, but the goal where he takes the puck goes around the net and then just turns backhand and, and shelves it yeah. against Cam Ward. Absolutely just ridiculous. I remember, I don't remember when I did it, but I know I was sick one day and I had discovered iMovie on an iPad. And I said, you know what? I'm going to make an Evgeny Malkin highlight video because not enough people like Evgeny Malkin. <laughs> and I remember that was the first one I thought of. I said, I got to get, I got to get the goal from the Carolina series in 2009. I think this was in 2012, 13. Because oh, I think man. I also ended up watching Chicago on that magical run to start the season where they yeah. didn't lose in regulation. It was, I think, an overtime or shootout game against Minnesota. The weird things you remember. But I, I put that in the compilation. I think that's still on one of my old YouTube channels, so you can go check it out and find it if you're a sleuth. But that's one moment that I'll always remember. The other one, despite it not being really in a good year, uh, it was a postseason goal scored in game one of a series against the Philadelphia Flyers in 2018 because the Penguins at that point, all right, they're starting to gain momentum. They got the lead back in that game. And then Malkin just takes it coast to coast when people are saying, all right, you know, Malkin's won back to the back cups. Now he's getting a little bit older. He's just kind of the guy to shoot the puck in. He's not going to be, you know, going coast to coast like that. And he absolutely embarrassed the entirety of the Philadelphia Flyers. I remember being at the big screen for that. And I just remember everybody going crazy. The crowd starting from a little little rumble when they started to see that gallop coming. And then they said, oh, here he goes. And people got louder and louder. He made the move on, I believe it was Mark Streit on the defense. Yeah. I might be wrong, but it, that sounds right. And then he just undresses, I believe, again, it was Brian Elliott, but don't quote me on that. And just goes forehand, backhand puts it in the net. And at that moment, you knew like no matter what happens in this game, like Crosby scored a hat trick that game, but no matter what happens, the Penguins are not going to lose to this Philadelphia Flyers team. Like it's not going to happen this year. They're going to steamroll them. They ended up winning in five. And then of course, after that, we know what happened against the Capitals, but that goal by Evgeny Malkin, one of my favorite memories, just because the atmosphere around Mario's TV, that game. So those two are the ones that come to mind. Obviously the one you mentioned against the Flyers, the FU slap shot and all timer as well. Yeah. Yeah. Real quick. One more great moment of okay. Mario's TV. Um, when we were at game one together and I'll never forget whenever Jake was going in and I literally just looked at you guys and was like, let's F and go before he even scored. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, I was not as sure as you were in that moment. Cause the penguins hadn't get, gotten a shot on goal in 35 minutes of play yeah. and also blew a two to two to nothing lead. So I was a little worried at that moment. Cause I had been there since eight in the morning. And if I had been there since eight in the morning to watch a loss, I would have been upset, but luckily <laughs> Jake put it in the back of the net. Yeah. All was good. Pens win the cup. They win it again in the year later. 
and you know everything was happy and and nice and that's why i wanted to end with this because the majority of this episode was us not being happy about the play of the pittsburgh penguins so a nice little trip down memory lane to the good old days of the pittsburgh penguins winning stanley cups and evgeny malkin disrespecting the philadelphia flyers which we gotta love but dougie thank you again for joining penguins lunch what do you have coming up on for checking tv and anything else that you may have well we're gonna record saturday and go from there i think that's the game plan because i'm off this weekend so yeah all righty man well that is doug gladkey of for checking tv check him out on twitter a great follow and if he ever decides to post that piece of fine literature which is the things the penguins could have instead that he's texted me several times if he posts that it is fine literature i promise you you will love to read it but that's going to do it for this one we'll be back in two weeks with another guest here on the penguins lunch but that's going to do it for this one we'll see you guys next time